0: Get up, everybody, get off your ass We got to do something, and we got to do it fast Cause the people are hungry, starving, and the fuel is low Don't wait for Jesus, he ain't coming back no more
1: ready for another edition of Live from the Heartland, also known as Heartland at Home during these pandemic times. This is number 67 since we've been forced to do it from home. And uh, we have a good show for you all today. We've got two old friends going to come on. We're going to have, joining all the friends, neighbors, and people around the world who are listening in, we're going to have Dan O'Brien, the Buffalo, bring back the Buffalo man, talking to us about South Dakota and what's going on on his Buffalo ranch, and we're going to have Michael McCarty, a longtime friend and one hell of a storyteller. So get ready to stick around for about an hour. You're going to enjoy. Good morning to you, Katie Hogan. Anything good you want to share?
2: Good morning, Michael. Um, well, I was hard up for something good, and and people notice that we're we're back with our masks to uh, let folks know that when we're outside these days. We're putting masks on again thanks to not enough vaccinations happening even here where it has happened we'll deal with that later but i did want to say one good thing is the good read of yes magazine um yes with an exclamation point their fall issue uh that's out right now is called enough for everyone which is something i've been harping on a long time and there's the subtitle is uh, Right Sizing Our Living Standards and Learning to Share. So I'm basically uh, encouraging you to find Yes Magazine. I get it online, but I also buy it when I go to Chicago main Newsstand because I still like magazines in my hand. What about you? You got something good going on, Michael.
1: I got a couple of good things going on. This week was my first week back at DePaul with students in class. There were 29 of them. We had a good time. Everyone was masked up as required and uh once my class was over i headed up to the skokie hospital uh and some of you have been watching regularly know that i had a a rotator cuff injury all sewed up and i've been in a sling for six weeks and now i'm out of it and i'm looking forward to starting eight weeks of rehab so i'll be going to work my arms and uh Let's, uh, how about a little news, Katie? You got anything about uh, what's yeah. going on Well, in one, thing,
2: one, one thing. One um, thing you mentioned, it was, I think it's actually our 68th Zoom show, not oh, 67.
1: What did I say, 66?
2: You said 67. I'm not oh, sure 68. why, but it's what okay. I, it doesn't matter. No one's counting, but us. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what I was, I, I was a little upset about reading about Bolsonaro in Brazil. Um, he continues to really suck for Brazil. He's getting his supporters in the streets demanding paper ballots for next year's election, which, which he's claiming with little or no evidence, the electronic voting is unreliable. Where have we heard that before? From what other crazy person have we heard that before?
1: Well, he's um, clearly trying to. He's clearly trying to set up a coup. I mean, he's going after yeah. the Supreme Court. It's it's bad. It's like no, it's, it reminds it's, us it's, of Trump.
2: It's seriously bad, and it's worse than Trump because the the people in Brazil don't have as many options. Um, what about some environmental news? Do we well,
1: have any I, there's a, I'm going to tell you a little good news uh, as well as bad. In the Illinois House, uh, they just passed a resolution uh that the Climate and Environmental Jobs Act. Uh, It still needs to pass the Senate before going to the governor's desk. So uh, you should know who your senator is in Illinois, and it's time to call your state senator. On the bad news front, uh, the ramifications and the aftermath of uh, Hurricane Ida have left uh, oil spills uh, in the Gulf off of Louisiana, and a lot of deaths and destruction up the East Coast. It's a time for uh, paying closer attention, it's really the wake-up call is upon us.
2: Oh, and uh, Governor Abbott in oh, Texas, yeah. screw you. <laughs> um, anything else on voting from you, Michael?
1: Uh, well, uh, things are looking better for Governor Newsom holding on to the governor's seat out in California, but uh, people should not take anything for granted. So call all your friends, email them, text them, however you do it in California and encourage them to get out and vote. We've got a few more days to do it. The final day is September 14th and uh, we certainly don't need this distraction.
2: Oh, and Mexico Supreme Court, nice work.
1: Good go. Yeah. What happened? Tell everybody.
2: Uh, they refused, they, they allowed for women to continue to have the right to uh, make choices for their body in contrast to what the state of Texas did in the same- right. it, It's not uh, in every
1: state, but it's. Uh, it was a, they blocked uh, the attempts to uh, prohibit abortion in certain states. Right.
2: Um, entrenched, entrenched vaccine inequality is the basis that's forcing uh, some to question the smartness of having the upcoming environmental enclave, um, the UN sponsored enclave summit, that was uh, scheduled in Scotland. Um, they're saying that um, because of the inequality of the vaccine everywhere else in the world, um, organizers hadn't done enough to ensure that participation um, by people from those areas could be uh, could happen. Um, and they're right. And that's it's a significant thing. The COVID and the and the climate change stuff. Happening both at the same time is um, is an interesting thing to watch. Um, what do you got from I think? Well, in
1: Florida, you know, this, uh, this governor DeSantis is still playing to the right wing Republican base, thinking he's going to be the nominee for president. Uh, but his uh, his ongoing attempts to mess with people's protecting themselves was uh, Delta. You know, uh, he got hit hard on by a Florida judge who ruled against his administration for a second time uh, over school mask mandates, allowing school boards to require the students to wear face coverings. And uh, the specifics were a Leon County Circuit judge named John Cooper, sided with parents who said it an executive order from DeSantis overstepped the state's authority in restricting school districts from requiring- Say that 10 times fast. (laughs) Uh, That'd be hard. Um,
2: But that's another example. I mean, there you are in Florida, one of the states that is going to be most badly affected and already is badly affected by climate change um, awfulness. But while simultaneously, you've got political leadership that is, Absolutely lacking in leadership, um, putting people in danger. Uh, The the death toll and the hospitalizations in Florida are through the roof. This guy should be completely pulled out of office. He's he's dangerous to their people.
1: Uh, Katie, in memoriam this week, we're remembering Ed Asner, a great actor and an activist guy who was formerly also the president of my union, the Screen Actors Guild. And you have an interesting story about an encounter that uh, took place a number of years ago. Yeah,
2: in the mid 80s, um, there was always a May Day event called the Eugene Debs, uh, Thomas, um, what's the first guy, name of the Thomas guy? Norman Thomas. Norman Thomas dinner. Eugene Debs, Norman Thomas dinner um, for all the commies of Chicago. <laughs> we would are getting, getting together. out there. Well, and then, Usually, uh, because it was followed the same day by the Salcedo dance party, which was also a May Day event, and I had um, in the late eighties, I was, I was more in demand. <laughs> Let's just say that, and uh, I had a my accompaniment for that dinner was none other than the beautiful state rep. I mean, Congressman Lane Evans, um, rest his soul. Uh, and also uh, Ed Asner, the two of them were getting awards for for, uh, for their activism that night at the dinner. And I slipped a little note um, after after everything was over and people were f- filing out. Um, a lot of people surrounded Ed Asner and you know talking to him, getting his autograph, et cetera. And I slipped him a note asking him if he wanted us to take him to the Salcedo dance party the annual mayday 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 party and uh i you know i just left it there and i'm leaving the room and i hear his voice bellow to me at the door well are you gonna give me a ride or what (laughs) (laughs) and and that was Asner, say you know saying that and i said sure sure (laughs) at which point our good friend god rest her soul nori davis God lover her. Turned to her enamorado, her her man, and said, "I'm going with Katie." <laughs> <laughs> so, but <laughs> where Ed Asner didn't know what he <clears throat> what he was in for when he climbed into the back seat of my car with all the magazines and junk that
1: <laughs> we. All I think that for. was my car. To be honest, it was that Dodge Dart I got from my mom. Okay. Anyhow. whatever.
2: No one's here to actually argue that one out, Michael. But anyway, <laughs> I did like the reaction of our friends at Salcedo Press, who were out on the door collecting money when I walked in with um, a congressman on one arm and a movie star on the other, and they're looking at me like, uh, "Katie, really?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice
1: night. The Adventures of Katie Hogan.
2: All right, you are listening to Live from the Heartland, WLUW 88.7 FM. Stay tuned. We're going to hear a little music to uh, put us in the mood of being on the ranch out there in the prairie before we talk to our good buddy, uh, Dan O'Brien. Be right back with Live from the Heartland.
3: Oh, give me a home. Where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all.
1: What a Buffalo Roam. Well, Dan, it's great to see you again, even if it's via Zoom. Uh, let me share with our audience how we came to know each other. Uh, my wife Paige gave me a book that you wrote called um, Buffalo uh, for the Brokenhearted. Buffalo of the Bro- on Buffalo of the, Bro- the Broken on the Heart. and it was a story about you reintroducing Buffalo to the Broken Heart Ranch out in South Dakota. And in the book, you basically uh, uh, made a distinction between uh, feedlot buffalo raised like cattle and buffalo that were raised more naturally as you were doing and uh, we were already selling buffalo at the heartland cafe but i wrote to you and said i think we uh i don't know about the buffalo we're getting what the quality is it was out of Mobridge turned out to be okay but then you invited me out and while i was there while you were in a meeting uh the buffalo got loose 180 head and uh they were running loose and we had a the best day of my life (laughs) i'm uh, hanging out the window yelling yippee ki yo and uh shooting pictures and we had an airplane we had an atv we had a couple of pickup trucks and we rounded up 179 of the buffalo one had fallen and uh, we had to drag it to a place where animals etc would take it away so how are you this morning (laughs)
4: I'm pretty good and things, things are very similar to when you were out here, but of course, like everything, they've changed too. So we're quite a lot larger and we've, uh, you know, our business is really from the grass that we raise and try to do a good job of right up to your plate. So we, uh, we have control of those buffalo all the way and try to give people the very best food that's possible.
1: Dan, share with uh, the audience a little bit about the wonder of the buffalo, be it their ability to trample the earth and bring back the prairie, uh, facing the storm rather than turning their back to it. Anything you'd like to share about this wonderful animal and maybe the distinction or the use of bison and buffalo?
4: Well, first of all, uh, bison and buffalo, they're really bison scientifically. But our neighbors call them buffalo and our neighbors are the Lakota people. uh, Indians, but they're also North Americans. So they call them buffalo, so we call them buffalo. And uh, they have, anybody that has any science at all that showed up in the eighth grade knows that ecosystems uh, are, everything depends on everything else. And this ecosystem of the Great Plains and grasslands, which is really the heart of America, it's it's the character of America. It's, it's very important. Uh, was shaped by uh, the buffalo, and when we say buffalo, we're talking about uh, uh, tens of millions of buffalo, and of course now, uh, and they were all of course free roaming, uh, and now there's quite a bit less, I I think the last I heard was probably a million. And uh, they've come back from 400, which we had in the turn of the century. So it's kind of a success story from an environmental standpoint, but it's not perfect. And the reason it's not perfect is that the, as I said before, the ecosystem, they all had to work together. So now, uh, and buffalo survived for 150 million years. Uh, on nothing but grass without any humans. And for some reason we thought we could do it better. And so we, since we were tearing up, uh, you know, Iowa and Minnesota and Illinois uh, plant and corn, we might as well feed that corn to Buffalo, which was a terrible mistake because mm. the the, uh, the grasslands need that Buffalo. They evolved with that kind of massaging the feet, the hooves, um, the, the movement, uh, and with cattle, uh, there's no movement, uh, and, and nothing's as, as uh, healthy as it used to be.
2: I, I loved reading that book and learning all of that that you told us about the, bu- that you taught us about the buffalo um, by writing that book, and you are a prolific writer, but we're going to ask just one more, uh, well, maybe not just one more before we get to all your writing. um, One of the things that's the the environment and the wildfires and the drought, how is that affecting you right now in your ranch work? First of all, and then I'll ask you a follow-up question.
4: Katie, I can't overemphasize the, uh, the danger of climate change to my lifestyle and the center of this country. Uh, it can't be done i can't i can't tell you how much that bothers me we're suffering through a very very dry uh, year which the great plains is used to dry years we get them once in a while but the frequency is really increased and if they increase much more there's going to be a whole lot of ranches for sale and they're not going to be worth anything because they're going to be overgrazed uh, so wh- you know what we're trying to do is really are, we have a company that we raise Buffalo and then we have another company that slaughters Buffalo, cuts it up, packages it, and sends it all over the country. Wild Idea Buffalo Company. But that whole program is dependent on a healthy ecosystem. And if that's threatened, I'm threatened from every direction and I'm starting to feel that. And a lot of other people are starting to feel it.
2: So that that was the the other question I had was, when, when I watch the, the um, videos uh, on your website and you all talk about how your method of ranching, which is basically to let the buffalo roam uh, and do so, their thing, um, one of the claims you're able to make is a better carbon sequestration as a result of, of your practices. And I'm wondering, because I, I look at this on farmer, farmers who are trying to do the right thing as well, How one farmer or rancher doing the right thing can deal with or overcome neighbors who are still stuck in old polluting habits?
4: Well, that's that's the dream I wake up to screaming every night. Yeah, I'm so
2: sorry to bring that to you.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's nothing we can do, and, and we're experiencing that in a lot of things in politics, et cetera, et cetera if people are gonna dig their feet in and do everything their way uh, and they're not gonna you know, play as a team player, then we're pretty well screwed. And so we gotta figure out how to do that. And that's one of the things that, that we try to do here at Wild Idea, we try to educate people as to what it takes to be truly, truly uh, uh, natural. Yeah. And how, you know, our, we, re, we evolved with an ability to, to process buffalo meat, wild meat, and to thrive on it. And lately, lately in the last 50, 60 years, we are, uh, uh, we're surviving, but we're not thriving. Yeah. And, and we can still do that.
1: Uh, Dan, I'm going to switch to your writing. I'm a big fan of your writing. In fact, you're my favorite author. And uh, I've read a lot of your stuff. I've read about Falcons. I've read about Buffalo. uh, I've read your novels, Spirit of the Hills, The Contract Surgeon, The Indian Agent, and Stolen Horses. And I'm wondering if you would share with us a little bit about your writing and what we might expect coming out and when. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's like a little pressure. (laughs)
4: As soon as I get this rewritten, you do have a chance. So, you know, I sit here every day and try to go through it. And you'd think that, that with the COVID deal, and we're pretty careful about COVID out here. And, you know, I, I'm quite a ways from town anyway. But with COVID, I just didn't go to town. And uh, you'd think that a guy could write like hell if you didn't have anything else to do. But you know what? You can't. You can't. You got to. You got to be under pressure for some reason, and so I'm. I'm putting myself under pressure, and I'm going to finish this damn thing, good draft of it by the first of the year. So, uh,
1: what's right it up, about, Dan?
4: Well, it's. It's about the. Oh, you know we have sex and violence and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's really about uh, these wind farms that are really popping up from. From where you guys are in, yep. in Chicago, clear to here, and they're starting to move right through our our ground on our place. You know, we we do not do wind wind uh, energy, but uh, uh, it's a big it's a big issue, and it's a big issue to a guy like me who is really a bird guy. I I really birds are what drive me, get me outside, etc. And mm-hmm. and as most of us know. Uh, Wind farms are not good for birds. Now I'm not saying that they're that they won't work or they're not better than oil because they probably are. Uh, But nevertheless, they are another insult to, uh, you know, an ecosystem. And that's what the book's about.
2: Hmm. So you just brought up politics in your neighborhood and (laughs) COVID. And I gotta I gotta ask you about your governor, uh, Kristi Noem. you know, motorcycle days in Sturgis, the rallies at Mount Rushmore. What's the state What's the state of politics and COVID in South Dakota in general? Well,
4: it's a wreck. Anybody that's been listening to the news knows it's a wreck. And just imagine if Illinois, if the governor of Illinois, was an adolescent woman, okay? Because that's what we have. I mean, you know, Christy is just... Uh, it's like she's in the ninth grade or something. And she doesn't seem to grasp some of these concepts that we're talking about. And that goes right on down to uh, racial inequities and, uh, well, the whole gamut, as you know. And, uh, you know, the sad thing is that she's not alone. There are a lot of governors that are just like her. She's just a little flashier, you know. So uh, it's not a good situation. It feeds into the issues that we were talking about before. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think these people, this type of, you know, the Trump people, if you will, uh, I don't think they know anything about the environment or give a shit. They just don't care.
2: All right. Do you also have? Do you, are they also trying to do some voting rights uh, uh, action in your legislature, or is that yeah. not an issue for you guys? No,
4: I can't tell you exactly. To be okay. quite honest. I don't pay that much attention to what happens, <laughs> you know. There's you know, we have a big issue and that doesn't get much press and that's our Native American issue. We have not oh, forget five or six or seven or eight uh, reservations in South Dakota and they kind of get skipped over and you know uh, they tried they did close down the the uh, highways going through the reservations during the Height of the epidemic and of course Christie got in there and you know, tried to force, force people through that and everything, which was completely insane. I don't know whether she's never been down there or she just doesn't know poverty when she sees it or she doesn't give a shit, that's the other possibility. But, uh, but that's, that's the issue that we have. And I really, it doesn't do much good. A, a Democrat hasn't been elected in South Dakota since I was a small boy. And you know, we had some great ones. We had Dashiell and we had yeah. uh, you know, uh, McGovern and all that kind of stuff. So somehow or another, all that f- positive uh, progressive thinking has somehow turned inside out and uh, uh, it's not working for me.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, Michael, I'm gonna intrude again. Right? Because last week we, uh, we reported, well, actually it was two weeks ago, we reported the most amazing thing is that the boundary waters were burning in Minnesota. Okay, so when when you've got something like that happening as close to you as it is, and it's so outrageous to even imagine, how can the boundary waters be on fire? Um, Doesn't that bring people a little further away from the political rift about looking at climate change just into the reality of, hey, there's no more discussion. It's already here. What do we do now that it's here, right?
4: absolutely and if if that's very sobering i mean the boundary waters catch on fire so all the fires we haven't i haven't seen uh the black hills for two months because of the smoke okay (laughs) now we get smoke here that's not unusual but uh i mean it's really uh it's unbelievably thick here for a long, long time. Now that's like the boundary waters, that ain't right. And we need to do something. And when I see this, uh, you know, I want It's been my life is, is environmental stuff. And it, it just, it saddens me because I get the idea that maybe the tipping point is behind us.
2: I know, I know. Have, have you read Braiding Sweetgrass, by the way?
4: Of course, has it? Okay. ever.
2: So I wanted to I wanted to lift us up there for a second, because braiding sweetgrass being read by so many people across the nation is such a good sign that, you know, people are understanding that's that's written by a botanist, even though she's also introducing us to native culture and many other aspects of life that we should know about. It's 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 uh, uplifting to know so many uh, fellow citizens are reading it
4: it's a great story the trouble is that all those people that are reading that book uh already have it figured out it's all those people Uh that don't read that we worry about and there's a bunch of
1: them. yeah uh dan when i was uh the first time i visited out there the second time was when we were bringing the twin peaks boys out to college um but the first time i was there you uh you you went, we went and got your Falcon out of the pen and you flew your Falcon. I wonder if you still have uh, a Falcon that you play with each day. Oh, he's showing it to us.
4: I'm trying to, where the hell is he?
2: <laughs> is he inside? Right there. Oh, wow. Seymour. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Now we do, now oh, yeah. we do. It's hard to see him with the light behind him, but oh my yeah. gosh.
4: But the answer is yes. It's, uh, it's my golf. I've already been out this morning with the two Falcons. And, uh, you know, it's the way I commune with nature. I have brothers that play golf and they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground, uh, really. But uh, that's, that's what I do. I've always done that. And the reason I do it is, is because it does get you into it, it gets you physically. Into what I'm talking about, and you can't help but uh, but look around and look at the other species that we share this planet with, and say, "Oh yeah, they're here too," and that's that's a big step.
1: Uh, you know, before we let you go, I wonder if there are any projects, observations, things in your heart, in your mind that you'd like to share with us. And you could go as long as you want.
4: <laughs> well I've got a long list of of those sorts of things um and it and most of it has to do with this you know helping somehow to help people see what we've been talking about and to me that's kinda of, i'm seventy three years old and uh I don't have a lot of time I understand that I welcome that that's cool uh but I'd like to leave the mark of education on as many people as possible. And that's what I do in my life. That's what I do in writing. And that's what I do running the business. Uh, And so I'm pretty well focused on that, Michael.
1: That's terrific. You're a a hell of a guy. And uh, and thanks to you, we served one mean Buffalo burger at the Heartland, thousands upon thousands of them. Thousands
2: of them. And I gotta say, I
1: miss eating Buffalo every day. I do yeah. too. I do too.
2: Well, I'm getting tired
4: of it. I've been eating quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh,
2: so Dan, thank you for your family's great work that serves so many more people than you'll ever meet. Be assured of that and know that. And um, we're all in the same boat in terms of what you just said. We're all looking at trying to make sure we leave this place slightly better. A little um, bit. Yeah. <laughs> So good luck to us all on that. And um, Michael and I'll have to go out and talk to you about writing the book that we're trying to finish on the Heartland Cafe, which we're also, we need to get a deadline over our heads so that we can that, finish it.
4: That is a fantastic idea. The Heartland was, was uh, such a wonderful thing and especially to have it in Chicago, the real Heartland. And uh, finish the book, you guys thank uh, you
1: we got a lot of stuff written we got to figure out how to merge it and what tense we're in and yeah oh uh, and we have to argue about the edits and get an editor all that stuff <laughs> but you know what? to so
4: get a draft first then argue about the details that's my that's
1: so we my got idea. we got the draft that's good <laughs> dan
2: o'brien of uh the buffalo for the brokenhearted and many other books um huge huge fan of yours and Huge fan of what you're trying to do out there on the beautiful plains.
4: Go Wild Idea Buffalo. Thank you so much, you guys. I appreciate
2: it. Right on, brother. See you next time.
1: more live from the Harlem. we want to thank john coltrane for that beautiful tune my favorite things and now we've got uh one of our favorite guests been on a few times the guy who has a mouth and will travel will talk will spread the word the one the only michael mccarty how are you michael i am divine how to heaven (laughs) (laughs) y'all and what Uh, brings you to town this time you used to live in chicago now you're on the west
0: coast and you're back in chicago what what i I, I always come this time of year for my birthday celebrated here with my my chicago folks and uh i tell you i i miss the Mm (laughs) heartland
2: yeah we do yeah we all do we all do michael and there's a direct
1: as a former member of the Black Panther Party, and I, Katie pointed out, there are a lot of people say they were members, but we know you were a member. Uh, education uh, lieutenant. You, you saw a lot of things come down, and I'm wondering yes. if you uh, would like to share uh, those times and what's going on now, and include in that a film that's been made about you and how that came to be,
0: what it's about, and how we all get to see it. All right, so. Hmm uh one of the things so right now one of the things that people are 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 talking about is the 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 black panther the illinois black Black panther movie and one of the things that people often ask me about in that movie is they ask me about o'neill and i am happy because the movie has gone out and it's generated so much interest in the, the Illinois chapter in general, but Fred in particular. But there's this concern about O'Neill. Some, some feel that O'Neill is sort of given this like, oh, he had second thoughts. Listen, just for the record, O'Neill, what he did to Fred was the, the highlight of his betrayal. But there are a lot of people that were betrayed by O'Neill, uh, and I might have been one of them. Uh, people were sent on missions and what have you that ended up with them being busted. People, a lot of people got hurt behind that. So mm-hmm. people need to know there wasn't an ounce, of a gram, uh, or microgram of uh, any hesitation with him about the crap that he did. So
1: just so that we're clear for the listeners, you're talking about the film Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, um, It's up yeah. for an Academy Award. And there's a lot of stuff in there that really didn't happen, but the overall effect of it, I think, has been good and it's been great. People. Yeah, yeah. Um, and O'Neill so- is the guy for people who don't know, and I assume most of our listeners do know. Uh, the guy who actually, uh, you know, sedated, uh, put, gave Fred, Chairman Fred, drugs. Uh, so that he was asleep when the police came and assassinated him.
0: Six times the lethal dose of second all. Yeah. Um, so, yes, but like you said, that at his, uh, when he won the Academy Award for playing Fred, that actor talked about Fred, and millions, millions, millions of people now know about Fred. In bookstores, I know especially in L.A., bookstores, people were lining up. They wanted books about Fred. They wanted books about the party. They wanted to know.
2: Hey, Maywood High School just named um, their, their peace and, and communications room, the Fred Hampton peace and communications room.
0: And I heard that the first morning I was here. And here's the thing that I really took from that. It was a little subtle thing. Yeah. When the reporter was talking about that, he spoke about Fred Hampton had been murdered way before it would not be like that. It would be not be that specific. It would be vague or what have you, but he specifically said that Fred Hampton was murdered. And uh, yeah, that was, I love it.
2: Michael, can I share with you a story that um, I was walking along Monroe Avenue with Michael James early in our partnership, when we were just starting the Heartland and he didn't say anything to me, Michael James didn't, but he, he, all of a sudden he yelled across the street, Ed Hanrahan, we know you killed Fred and we'll never forget it. And there right was, on. And there was Ed Hanrahan on the other side of the street looking like, oh, if you I know, I know, if you could have seen the way and I, all I could do is like, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Michael. You're right, you're right. It was, it's momentous that people are calling it the assassination it was. And it's also momentous for the younger generation to be learning these details. Amen. um, While they are busy, you know, making one of the broadest movements we've seen yet on anti-racism, the Black Lives Matter movement, which thanks to terrible behavior by the Minnesota police is worldwide.
0: No. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. I caught sort of a movie uh, with you in it. I, I was not expecting to. And I, I'm on TV. And this is a couple of months ago. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's my buddy. <laughs> Who made that movie? How did that come about? Tell us about that. And how so, do people find
0: it? Yeah. Uh, um, the, the movie is called um, Belonging in the USA, the story of Michael D. McCarty. It was made by Ariel Nobile. And I, uh, I'll give you a. a, a I'll, I'll do it quick. I've known Ariel all her life. Um, her her parents were great friends of my, uh, great friends of mine. When the um, um, Trump madness was going on, she wanted to do something to counter that. So she decided to make this series. The first one being me, then a woman from Argentina who had been a victim of the disappearances, and then a woman whose mother had been a victim of the concentration camps, camps for the Japanese. So now, now I've had a lot of people shoot video of me and it's been great, but Ariel pulled out all the stops. She had these guys come and follow me around for a day with Zoom camp, uh, the little Zoom camp, not Zoom cameras, but you know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, the-
2: camera, whatever. Yeah,
0: the cameras that fly around in the air. She oh. had another, uh, another drones. drones. So she had another uh, uh, woman come and she went through every one of my photos every one of my photos and documented them because they're in, in, the, in there also. And then she interviewed my wife, Valerie, and she asked her this question, what would a movie of Michael's life be like? And Valerie knows me very well and Valerie can talk. And she, she did this interview. Ariel sent that interview to a uh, animator who turned that interview into an animated story of my life paralleling the rest of the documentary. So throughout the documentary, you'll see these animation scenes that pop up here and there. It was, if I had any humility, I would be humbled. I ain't got none. What took them so long? (laughs) How how do people see it and tell us the name of it again? Uh, Belonging in the USA, the story of Michael D. McCarty. I will send you a link that you can then send out to your, your subscribers or what have you um, it's, it's, it's an amazing piece it's, it's an absolutely amazing piece. And it captures all of these things about my life, the ups, downs, and the sideways and how they all led to me being this phenomenal storyteller. <laughs> well,
1: before we get into the storytelling, tell us a little about the prison work that you've been doing, which I'm
0: sure they overlap. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Since 2014, I've been working with the arts and corrections program in California. Artists go into all of the 30-something prisons there are in California teaching drawing, storytelling, uh, Shakespeare, um, all kind, any kind of art form that they go in. And what's happened, this program went, started in the 70s, went into the 90s, and then got cut, and was resuscitated in 2014. And what they learned is that people who participate in the arts and corrections program while they're in prison, they're less likely to be involved in madness. Once they get out, they're less likely to go back. And I've had several of my students have gotten out, and they're doing well. They're doing very, very well. It's just it's, it's, it's an amazing. I tell you, there was this one guy, when, I, when I first uh, started, this guy was in, he had, he had beaten a cop almost to death. He was just a very violent individual. He gets into prison. And he meets this, this uh, this, this guy is white, he meets this black inmate who does beating, okay? Does beating. And he wants to learn. And the guy says, well, I'll I'll arrange it. He hooked it up. The guy started beating. And as he started doing this art form, his whole anger just went He apologized. He contacted, apologized to the cop. He didn't get into any more trouble. And he and this is the effect of these programs.
2: You know, we have a we have our friend Lisa Kenner, who used to be a Heartlander and then went on to start a an incredibly important uh, West Side charter school called Legacy. She is now working with something called Contextos here in Cook County Jail, which is the same thing. It's inmates writing or and mm-hmm. sometimes doing artwork and. Um, I mean, nothing could be more important in the most incarcerating nation on the planet than that we figure out how to stop doing that, yeah, and with no good effect. Um, thank what, what, you for doing that work.
0: I got a, um, I got a, a, a letter from one of my students who's been with me from the beginning, and he had a sentence of life plus a thousand years his first parole hearing was supposed to happen in 175 years. And he writes in this letter, and at the end of it, he says, because you showed me how to find, develop, and tell my story, I now have a parole hearing next year.
2: Oh my God, Michael. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah.
0: Michael, back in the
1: earlier oh days God. of the movement, back in the days of the Black Panther Party, young lords, et cetera, et cetera, there was a lot of attention to prisons. Yeah. There were the Jackson brothers, Attica, uh, you know, a lot went on. We don't hear as much about prison organizing or the issue of incarceration in this country. I mean, there's a lot of activists working on it. What do you say about the state of that and what
0: needs to be done? Well, (laughs) what needs to be done is that people need to get some damn sense because one of the things that has to be done, prisons for profit need to be ended, to stopped immediately. Amen. Because prison pr- prisons for profit have a quota, usually around 80% occupancy. And at one point before California stopped this, California had so many inmates, prisons in Mississippi and Tennessee, when they got short on occupancy, they would take prisoners from California. And now if you're a California prisoner or, and you got relatives and friends on the West Coast, you ain't likely to get any visits anytime soon. Right. So they banned prisons for profit in California, I believe, and I think they should be banned everywhere. And one thing that people, I would recommend them do is learn something about prisons. Because we don't know. Those of us who have no connection, we don't know anything. And we make assumptions. Our assumptions are based on what we see in movies and what we see on TV, which is always from a slanted perspective. So find out something. If you know somebody, if you're somebody who likes to write, there are people, men and women in prison, who don't get any, any letters or contacts. Sending a postcard or something like that can, can make, a, make a difference, a profound difference in per, person's lives.
2: Yeah, that's um, we actually have uh, covered a number of people. Maya Shenwar, who wrote a great book uh, about uh, prisons a couple of years ago. Um, let's let's switch while we still have some time left with you, to your storytelling, um, yes. which is you know a, a joyful aspect of your life that you have shared for many many years as well. Um, you know, maybe some just a statement about your career as a storyteller, but mostly maybe tell us a story.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> he thought we'd never ask. <laughs> so this is a, this is actually keeping with this theme. I tell you a, a, a story that came out of one of my classes. Mm-hmm. So this guy is in prison. He has a sentence of about 25 to life for a victimless, nonviolent crime. He has a public defender, which they call public pretenders, and he ain't doing nothing. So he's trying to get him to get his mind right. He gets he's said enough. He says, you're fired. The guy starts laughing at him. You can't fire me. You didn't hire me. I was appointed. So this uh, this brother who I was told did not have a sixth grade education, went to the law library, figured it out, fired that sucker. And then he decided he was going to be his own attorney. His wife said, have you lost your mind? You're going to mess up. And on the first day, he did every dumb thing he could, did, he could do. He scowled at the jury. He cussed at the prosecutor. He talked back to the judge. And the judge had the presence of mind to say, look, I'm going to give you a break because you have clearly lost your damn mind. <laughs> and, and so he, he, he realizes he's lost his mind. Now, on this break, he starts going through his files, and he realizes that the prosecutor has been keeping pertinent information from the judge. So when he comes back to the courtroom, he says, Your Honor, jury, prosec- I would like to apologize to you all. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, and by the way, Your Honor, I've, it seems that the prosecutor has kept some information from you. And The judge was like, er, <laughs> And he went on. It took him about a year he had his case thrown out. So this is no, no, two years ago, no, November. He's supposed to get out in February, but if he takes the GED class, he can get out sooner. He takes the first three parts and kicks butt. The last part is the math and he's scared. He's so scared, he says, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it, I'll just do it uh, next year. I gave out a handout with a quote from Michael Jordan. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So he said, I'm going for it. He went, <laughs> took that test, kicked Boutte, and got out. And uh, I hope he's doing well. I hope he's doing well. But he sees the time, showing up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, it is so great to both see you and hear you, Michael. Um, all the many years that you would hold forth on the Heartland oh, stage yes. and uh, make it that your awesome. office when you were in town. I loved it so much. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. Michael, do you have one last question for
0: him or no? Only, uh, what do you got planned for the rest of your life? <laughs> to keep on, I can't wait to get back to prison to do my workshops. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm crazy like that. I can't wait to go back to prison and I want to do more of that, and I'm trying to get more people, other artists, storytellers in particular, to do this around, not only in California, but around the country, because it changes lives in a very, very positive way. It changes lives. We have that power. We got to use it.
2: Michael McCarty, are you familiar with Sun Magazine out of North Carolina? No. Okay. No. If, you're, if you're in town for another day or two, I have many... I have 2 years of old copies and they send them to prisoners for free.
0: Oh wow. It's a
2: wonderful uh, so I'm we'll do this offline but the sun um, the sun and I have copies to give you if you okay. want, if you want to come to Michael's house and pick them up I'll
1: bring them there.
0: Sounds like a plan. We'll we we'll, I said we'll figure that out. I'll come uh, uh maybe Sunday? That'd maybe. would be great. Oh,
1: I have to go to a memorial on Sunday but we'll work oh, it okay.
0: out.
2: Uh, listen, we're, we're gonna take you out with Stevie Wonder singing Happy Birthday to you. The way he sang it to Martin Luther King Jr. because it is your birthday, my brother. Hey,
1: thank so you, thank also, you, thank you, thank you. Also, my daughter Koya's birthday, my sister Melody's birthday, uh, my birthday. son's friend Carly's birthday. A lot of
0: birdos, we, right we rule. Live
2: <laughs> long and prosper, my dear. Nanu, nanu, <laughs> nanu, nanu. all right well peace and blessings my brother
0: thank you thank you thank you i'll send you the link on on your email and you can share it to your heart's content right on love y'all all All power to the people right on
3: about half past it. Just need some place where I can lay my head Hey mister can you tell me where a man might find a bed He just and shook my hand no knows all he said When a sobo come on the devil, walking side by side Say, hey, come on, come on, let's go downtown She said, I gotta go, but my friend can stick around Miss Moses, there ain't nothing you can say just old Luke, and Luke's waiting on judgment day Hey Luke, my friend, what about young Annalise? said, do me a favor, son, won't you stay and keep Annalise company? Take a lot off Annie, take a load for free
2: Oh, so great to see Michael McCarty. What a wonderful life work he's doing out there.
1: He's one off, uplifting guy, I'll tell you
2: that. Truly, truly. A uh, couple things we're going to make you aware of: the Gethsemane Sidewalk Sale is happening today for a week. It starts today, Saturday, uh, September 11th, and uh, we'll go for another week. Uh, also, Hot House is kicking off a year-long celebration of education and the life of Paulo Freire. It's a centenary celebration of him. They're including film, music, and reading. It couldn't be more important uh, at this time, at this moment for the people of Brazil. Check out hothouse.net. Very cool stuff. And?
1: Uh, we got October 2nd, there's gonna be a march in support of women's reproductive rights at the Federal Plaza. Stay tuned for more information on that. And no sports this week, right? Uh, you know, the White Sox are still in first place. Uh, we hope their, their bats come back a little bit. Uh, We're just waiting it out. The Bears also play tomorrow. Um, And people should do their own sports, too. Run, walk, uh, lift weights, take a swim, live it up, take care of yourself. It's really important. Do some yoga. Yeah, yoga, too. We're going
2: out with Twin Peaks singing Our World. For over 25 years, we have brought you live from the heartland, now called Heartland at Home. Broadcast every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central, on Chicago's wluw 88.7 fm we stream live from wluw.org and we are archived on our channel at youtube.com slash heartland media we are also often cable cast on can tv channel 27 and thanks to our live from the heartland team luis mejia aarons down in veracruz uh, lynn Orman weiss and now we are also on spotify podcast and those are the dump trucks coming down my alley, <laughs> filling themselves up with dirt from the Heartland site. There will be more noise like that.
1: Oh. Do good in the world. The world needs all the good that we do. Oh, power. Oh, power to, power to the people. Oh.